Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why the rumors of a population collapse on Easter Island are greatly exaggerated and how the debate over how fast the universe is expanding might be no problem at all. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Have you ever heard of Rapa Nui? It's an isolated island in the South Pacific between Chile and Australia. You probably have heard of it, but it's more popularly known as Easter Island. It's famous for two things, giant stone heads and civilizational collapse. The statues are definitely real, but a new study suggests that rumors of that collapse may just be that. Rumors. Rapa Nui is not the easiest place to live. The island is about the size of Washington, D.C., and it's so remote that humans didn't settle there until around 1200 C.E. The climate got a lot drier about 300 years later because of natural changes to global weather patterns. And all kinds of problems emerged after 1722, when Europeans, quote-unquote, discovered the island on Easter Sunday and killed about a dozen inhabitants. Later visitors enslaved about half the island's population. But in the Western imagination, Easter Island is a cautionary tale about what can happen when a society overexploits the resources that it depends on. That story goes something like this. Indigenous people got to the island and started cutting down most of the palm trees. The population boomed, but an ecological collapse led to starvation and soon decimated that population. Europeans arrived to find the remnants of a once great society. Again, that's how the story goes. But researchers have poked a few holes in the theory over the years, and a new study suggests that it's entirely wrong. Archaeologists created new models to estimate changes in the island's population over time, and they incorporated data from about 200 radiocarbon-dated artifacts from the island, along with data about changes to the environment and climate. To crunch the numbers, the team used new statistical techniques originally designed for genetics research. And they concluded that the human population on Rapa Nui didn't collapse at all. In fact, it seems to have grown slowly and steadily during the 500 years between settlement and contact with Europeans. The indigenous people did cut down a lot of trees, but they replaced them with gardens and used a nutrient-rich stone mulch to grow a lot of food. As droughts became more frequent, they probably relied on groundwater stored in the island's volcanic rock. The population was only a few thousand when Europeans made landfall, but those people weren't the survivors of a great catastrophe. They were the descendants of a population that had been growing for a long, long time. The people of Rapa Nui seemed to have thrived, despite being largely isolated from the rest of humanity for half a millennium and facing challenging ecological conditions and climate change. At least, they thrived as long as they were isolated. While many of the famous statues still watch over the island, the civilization and culture have been all but destroyed in the centuries since 1722. But that's not because the indigenous people cut down trees. Although we know that the universe is expanding, we're still puzzling out how fast. And to make it even more confusing, two main ways astronomers measure this speed have sometimes come up with two different answers. 
If that difference is a result of how we measure the expansion of the universe, it's fine. We won't need to rework our current understanding of physics. But if not, we might have the first evidence of something new that can't be explained by our theories. A new paper from an American scientist is the latest in the long back and forth on this point. Using new methods and better technology to make more accurate measurements, her work suggests that the two ways do come up with the same result. It all comes down to one important value, the Hubble constant. The Hubble constant describes how quickly galaxies are moving away from each other. There are two major ways to measure this value. The first way to measure it is with cosmic background radiation. That's the energy left over from the Big Bang. Scientists use various telescopes to measure this radiation energy and compare it with what it should be, given the age of the universe. The second is a lot more direct. Scientists measure how quickly various stars and galaxies are moving away from us and how far away they are. For the last few decades, scientists have done this using a special kind of star called a Cepheid. These stars pulse, getting bigger and smaller and hotter and cooler in a steady rhythm. Scientists can use their brightness to figure out how far away they are and how fast they're moving away from us. But a Cepheid isn't the only celestial object that can give us a guess at its movement. And the new research adds another method, red giants. Red giants have a similar telltale sign of their distance from us. It has to do with their aging process. Red giants are late-in-life stars that are converting the very last of their hydrogen fuel into helium. These stars peak in brightness before fading out thanks to what's called the helium flash. When the red giant reaches a specific temperature, about 100 million degrees Kelvin, the helium core undergoes a chain reaction that fuses helium into carbon in a very short amount of time. Scientists can watch for that flash and use it to estimate the distance. When scientists measured several of these red giants, the numbers showed that the expansion of the universe is close to that measured by cosmic background radiation. This gives more evidence that the two methods are, in fact, measuring the same thing. And in the words of lead scientist Dr. Wendy Friedman, no new physics are required. For now, anyway. Her team plans to make further observations of more Cepheids and red giants in the next few years to add even more data to these results. Let's recap what we learned today, Ashley. Well, we learned that Rapa Nui, a.k.a. Easter Island, never had a population collapse. People use that remote island with the huge stone heads as an example of what happens when humans overexploit their resources. The story goes that the people there cut down all their trees, which led to an ecological collapse that decimated their population. But evidence suggests that the population of Rapa Nui was slowly growing for hundreds of years before Europeans made contact then destroyed the civilization themselves. Revisionist history. I don't like it. Yeah. I feel like even though we know this now, the myth is still going to be in the public consciousness. You know what they say, a lie is halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. Wow, I've never heard that, actually. Oh, you haven't? I love it. I mean, I don't like it, but, you know. Right. Well, hey, you're listening to this podcast, and now you know that's a start. Yeah. I'm like very fascinated by extremely remote places like Easter Island. So I've talked about on this show before, I've got like a six by eight foot world map on my wall in a hallway upstairs in my house. And you just walk over to it. And then 
they just point to this little island over here. And it's just like, dude, that is, <laughs> that is like an eight hour flight from the nearest anywhere that there's land. It's just really fascinating to me. And I, I would love to visit one someday, like St. Helena Island off the coast. I say this very loosely. It's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but it's west of Angola and Namibia in Africa, east of Brazil. I've looked at flights and it, it takes like 20 some hours to fly there because of all the little skips and jumps you got to do from here. But, but boy, that'd be fun. They, uh, it's written about in Mason and Dixon by Thomas Pynchon. Great novel. Ah, got it. Because like, think about it, Ashley. They don't have Amazon Prime. That's right. They don't have a lot of things. They probably don't have Google Maps. Right. It's well, just, now oh. I have to check. Scratch that. It does have Google Maps. There's like <laughs> one road. That doesn't even circle the island. Oh, no, I'm wrong. There's one highway. There's one main road, and then it has a lot of little roads. And I see they have a hotel. They have High Knoll Fort. They have a museum. I mean, this is a, hey, this is everything you need for a nice vacation. I am down anytime. And we also learned that our universe is expanding but our two main ways to measure how fast this expansion is happening have resulted in different answers. For the last decade, astrophysicists have been gradually dividing into two camps. One believes the difference is significant, and the other thinks it could be due to errors in measurement. Well, the difference basically comes down to measurements in the cosmic microwave background and measurement in stars, and those numbers have been different. But an astronomer at the University of Chicago decided to measure a more stable type of star than the one used previously. And those measurements are right in line with the CMB. That's what the cool kids call the cosmic microwave background. I'm down with CMB. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that the nerdiest thing I've ever said? Maybe. Is it? <laughs> All right, probably not. Let me review our 950-ish past episodes. We don't need to do that. We can just okay. move on. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Today's writers were Grant Curran and Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Your mind is expanding. <laughs> and there's two ways to measure that. One is how many episodes of Curiosity Daily you've listened to. And the other is your chances of joining us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. Really stuck that landing. <laughs> <laughs> and until then, stay curious. <laughs>